Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. We've all had those moments where something happens, maybe it happens again, and we say, is that a coincidence? Or, God, is that you? Or we have a strong impression, and it's not emotional because the emotions die down, but we still have this strong impression that lingers, it won't go away. God, is that you? Or have you ever had a vision or a dream and something more to this? God, is that you? And then we can have someone who comes up to us and says, you know, I feel strongly impressed to say this about you and the direction of your life and and all that. Like, what do we do? Just say, okay, and take that and run with it? Or do we say, God, is that you? Well, we need to be careful because there are people that can say things and depending on how secure we are in the Lord, we can just take it out of proportion, out of context, or take it beyond anything that God ever intended. Matter of fact, we need to be careful who we let shape our lives, who we let speak into our lives, who gives us affirmation and what is behind it. We, we need to be careful here. And guess who is going to help us figure this out? I mean, this whole series, it's the original Uh, first Christmas characters that have been helping us. Remember the shepherds? Helped us understand, God, if this is you, it's going to be about others. Last weekend, John the Baptist. Remember Pastor John the Pentecostal? Talked about John the Baptist. And they helped us understand, if it's really God, he will get it ready. There'll be some preparation there. Next weekend, Pastor Jan is going to help us understand that if it's really God, it will be part of God's bigger plan. But today, we're going to look at this. If it's really God, it will be affirmed by godly people. And it's the uh, original Christmas characters by the name of Simeon and Anna, a man and a woman, who are going to help us understand who we can let give advice or affirm uh, something in our, in our lives. Because, I mean, three times the book of Proverbs says that there is wisdom in many counselors. All right? There's wisdom in many, not just one voice, but many counselors. But Jesus also uh, added this. He said in Matthew 7, there are wolves dressed up like sheep. Uh, Christians can be deceived, Jesus said, especially in the last days, he said. Even well-intentioned people can get it wrong. So we need to be careful who speaks into our life. For instance, let me give you three people that we need to just sort of be very cautious. It can be dangerous. It can be unsafe to let these people speak into our lives and just take what they say and run with it. One is angry people. Angry people, listen, there's a difference between a person that gets angry over an injustice and people who are constantly controlled by anger. You know, 
angry people, they just are, they're, they're, they're just simmering with anger and they're looking for a place for it to happen. And you can bring up something and they'll just burst out in anger, say may, maybe some things about you or about what you should do or tell you where to go, you know. And, and they'll just say, and, and, and you cannot, you, angry people, someone said it this way, angry people don't control anger, anger controls them. So they're not much help in sorting out, is this of God? What should I do? Because it's, it's not coming from a, a place of peace. Angsty people. Angry people and angsty people. You say, what's the difference? Well, angry people are controlled by anger. Angsty people get caught up in an issue. They just get caught up in it. So you're still not getting good advice from them because it's tainted by whatever issue uh, they get caught up in. Often it goes like this. You'll, you'll, you'll look for advice or input. You're looking for affirmation for a certain direction. And they'll say, well, when this happened in my life, and it just reawakens something that they maybe haven't even resolved. And they're going to sort of say, well, this is what I did in that situation. And maybe it wasn't even the best way to handle it. So we need to be careful here. Angsty people and angry people do not listen well. They're quick to speak. They're slow to listen. And then angry people, angsty people, and agenda-y agenda people. I know it's Christmas month. I pastored for a long time. I, I know how to try and help you remember things. <laughs> Agenda-y people. These are people that they don't answer you according to what's God's best for your life. They answer you as to how it can best fit in with their agenda. So you need to be careful of these people. They, they're looking to further their agenda. So it's important. Who, who are you going to let speak into your life, shape your life, give you direction, give you advice, give you affirmation? What's behind it? What qualifies someone? Well, I thought I'd keep it simple. We need to ask a question about their past, their present, and their future, right? Simple as that. What do we ask about their past? We ask, do they have a track record of trusting God through their tough times? S Simeon? He could have been so angry. So many people in that temple hierarchy were, were corrupt and they were misusing God's house, the temple, and yet there he was right in there. He had so many reasons to be an angry man. And yet, what are the two words Luke 2 uses to describe him? Righteous and devout. Now, don't let those two holy words scare you off. Righteous means he did what was right, even when other people were doing what was wrong. Devout means he was devoted. He was devoted to the Lord. And Anna, she had a reason to be angry. Listen, she was married for seven years, and then her husband died. A lot of people in that situation would say, why God? And they get angry at God. Not, uh, not Anna. She's, uh, you know, how many understand when, when something, a tragedy like that happens in a person's life, they either get bitter or they get better. And, and that's what she chose. Here she is praying daily at the temple. Uh, she's a prophetess. That means she's recognized as someone to go to in the community of faith at that time. Jesus says in Matthew 7 that you can recognize what kind of tree it is by what kind of fruit it produces. And he says it's the same with people. You look at their track record, you look at what, when they've been through tough times, what has come out of that? What kind of fruit? By their fruit, you will know them. All right, so we look at their past. Secondly, we look at their, I made it easy to remember, 
present, all right? I'm going to ask, well, are they currently responding to the Spirit to help others? You know, Simeon's an old man. He, he's, when he sees Jesus, he says, I'm ready to go home now. He, he's an old man. I, I love this about Simeon. Even in his senior years, listen to this. It says the Holy Spirit was upon him. And how did he end up at the temple that day? He wasn't there when Jesus arrived. It says, it says moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple. It's because Jesus, he was moved by the Holy Spirit. Ah, oh, Dr. Van, when we get old, may that be us. Man, being kind to him, it must be Christmas. Anyway, Anna, daily worshiping, fasting, praying. She spoke of the child. You'd think she was Jesus' grandmother. You know what I'm saying? Just speaking to everyone about Jesus. There's nothing angsty about these two. Whatever's going on in Israel, the corruption in the temple, we're, we're going to use our lives. We're going to be busy helping other people. So they're present. You look at their past, how they do through their own tough times. Look at the present. Are they in touch with God? Is the spirit on them? Are they serving people? And then third, past, present, and future, are they sacrificing their own agenda to advance God's? Listen, the popular and prevalent political agenda of the time was a religious, uh, it was religious politics in Anna and Simeon's world. It really was. Amongst the Jewish nation, you know how we sang that song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, uh, for captive Israel? They were sort of stuck there. They thought, man, when... The Messiah comes, he'll be our Jewish Messiah for the Jewish nation, and he'll over, help us overthrow those nasty Gentiles. So here we were, right in Israel, listen to Pastor Jonathan reading, right in the same location that Simeon said these words from. Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms, praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised i have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all people he is a light to reveal god to the nations and he is the glory of your people to israel so you can picture walking up those very stairs Mary and Joseph carrying a little baby. Holy Spirit reveals to Simeon. He gets to see the Lord's salvation. He says, can, can, I, can I hold the baby? Can I hold the baby? And he picks up baby Jesus and he begins to prophesy. This is the one. Your salvation has come. I've got a chance to see the Messiah, your Savior, just as you promised God. And then he goes on and he says this. He said that he's going to be for all nations. That wasn't the agenda that was popular and prevailing in his people of that time. They, they wanted someone to overthrow the Gentiles, but he says, and he's for the Gentiles too. He's for the Gentiles too. You see, the Messiah was for the Jews and the Gentiles, all nations, all people. You see, what, what I love about Simeon is he's not getting caught up in the agenda that prevails in his culture, he's going to God to determine, God, what Isaiah said 
that he will be a light for the Gentiles and for all nations. I'm going by what God's agenda. And, and Anna's the exact same thing. She, she sees Simeon holding the baby Jesus, and she comes up at that very moment. She gives thanks to God, and she speaks about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem, all who wanted God's agenda. Now, it's important to know what I'm not saying here so far. I am not saying that you automatically dismiss angry, angsty, or agenda-y people. Because sometimes they'll, in the middle of what they say, there, there is something. There is something that's true that we need to listen to. It's just that it needs a lot of cleaning off. <laughs> and sometimes there's nothing there. When you clean away the angst and the anger and the agenda, there's just, just nothing there at all. But, but if there is, then we have something to listen to. All right, what have we seen so far? Who is it safe to get advice from? Well, ask about their past. Have they proven God through their own tough times? Look at their present. Or is the Holy Spirit on them? Are they serving other people now? Is the Spirit using them now? And then third, are they sacrificing their agenda for God's agenda? Is, is it even their Christian world? Is it about them? Or is it about what's God's best for others? All right. Now, if we stopped here and went and had the, what is it, tea and cookies we're having today after the service? <laughs> If we, if we stop now, you'd be missing half of it. Because it's not only about you and I finding someone who is qualified to speak into our lives and give us advice and affirmation. Are we qualified to receive it? Are we qualified? There, there are two areas I want to talk to you about, about how we can know we are qualified. One is, I'm only qualified if I'm already finding my security in God. Uh, you know, I'll tell you quickly why, and then we'll get into uh, it in more depth. But listen, if you aren't secure in God, you know what's going to happen? Someone says something, you're going to run with it. You're not even going to pray about it. You need to find your security in God. Now, Oscar Wilde, he was an Irishman. He's brutal when it comes to talking about human insecurities. Listen to this. Listen to what he says. Do you want it in Irish or non-Irish? No, I'll just, oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. All right, all right then. Oh, dear, what did I get myself into here? I'm glad we don't have four weekend services. Who knows what I'd say in the fourth one. Most people are other people. Their thoughts are someone else's opinions. Their lives, a mimicry. Their passions, a quotation. Wow, he's brutal. But what's he talking about? Insecurity. Because watch this. There are only three areas. Other than finding security in things, in the, in the people world, we can find securities in ourselves, right? Let's, let's investigate that a little bit. I can find security in myself by saying, I try to be who I want to be seen as. Think Facebook profile. I was um, a new pastor at the Woodvale Church in Ottawa, and I'd heard about this fellow that he was on the, um, you know, they had a sort of a roster that choose for different singers in the services, and I'd heard, the, I'd never heard him sing before, um, and I heard him, it was a Sunday night, and I will never forget it. It was so painful. He, um, he, he it wasn't that he missed some notes, 
Anyway, it just was, man, it's just making my blood pressure go up just remembering that moment. Listen, I had to get up and speak at the end of it. And it was one of those songs, you know, where they had, remember we always had the, 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 um, the uh, recorded orchestrations and it sounded so good and it was just pumping up and building up to this grand crescendo and he kept holding notes and going off. I wondered, is his monitor working? Is he hearing? And then he reached the last note, the grand crescendo of the song and his voice cracked and then it crackled and then it went into... Yeah, I mean, you, if the song was in B-flat, he flattened it himself. Do you know what I'm saying? It just was, it was just, and I had to get up and speak. It. I remember he, he came to, he wanted to come and see me. It started with sort of a lobby conversation. I'd really like to, to come and see you. You know, if you could write me a reference letter. He says, that, you know, I don't know why, but every church I go to, they never invite me back. <laughs> Someone said, oh, there's a gift of mercy right over there. <clears throat> it began up painful conversation. He did come to see me, and he said, would you write me a reference letter? And I tried to be kind. I said, you know, why don't we talk about, why don't we use this time talking about maybe some other gifts and talents that God has given you? Because maybe there's something that's being said. If people aren't inviting you back, what is something that they would want to receive that God has given you? And I, I remember him protesting, I have a dream to be a Christian recording artist. And I said, but do you have affirmation? And of course, there was his mother. But anyway, <clears throat> I have a recording. But do you have affirmation? Is anyone buying your recordings after they hear you sing? <laughs> yeah. What was his reaction? Well, I did think of him this past week when I was reading Proverbs 9. It says, anyone who corrects a mocker will get an insult in return. So don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you. But correct the wise, and they will love you. Instruct the wise, and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous, and they will learn even more. And I thank God that I, the, maybe 99% of the people that have trusted me with their life and opened up their life looking for affirmation. I, 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 I twice about dating non-Christians that came up today and, and after services. And I, people just open up and receive that affirmation when I, I tell them don't go, you know, short term where you can't live long term. And so anyway, we just thank God most people are like Mary. Because we love to hear how Simeon picks up the baby Jesus and says, Oh, you know, finally the Lord's salvation has come for Jew and Gentile. But listen, Simeon goes on and he says this, This child is going to result in the rise and fall of people in Israel. And listen, Mary, Mary, what he does is going to result in your own heart being pierced with a sword. A sword will pierce your heart also. wasn't what Mary wanted to hear, but it was true. How many understand that we don't just speak in love, we speak the truth in love? But we say it graciously, we say it lovingly, but, we, but, but it's our job to speak the truth if we really love someone. If you go to someone, and you, I'm going to go to them because I know they're just going to agree with whatever I want them to say back to me. That's not going to be someone that's going to... They, they have your agenda in mind. They don't have God's. If, if you're only going to someone who's going to say what you want said because they want you to like them, they're only going to say what they think you want to hear. 
and you're not going to hear the truth. And so that's finding our security in ourselves. Here's a big one. We'll just touch on it. Finding our security in others. That's where I try to be what others want me to be. I want to be accepted. I want to get as maximum likes to whatever I put out there. I, I, I want people to affirm, affirm me. And so I'm going to do what they want so I'll get affirmed by them. Now, here I'm talking to some people online and here in this room in Toronto who you chose a certain career pathway or an educational preparation for it, and it wasn't because you're gifted for it by God or because your, your heart is there, but it's because other people wanted you to do it. It happens another very sad way, and that is when people get involved in self-destructive behavior, you know, with alcohol or sex or drugs or some other addiction or whatever, and they do it because of peer pressure, because other people want them to do it, but they want to be accepted so bad. It's not that they want to do it. It's not that they think it's right, but they go there with their lives. You know what that is? That's insecurity. That's, that's because they're trying to find their security in people. And here's how someone said, they said, the more insecure you are, the more affirmation you will seek. This is a security issue. James writes about it. Remember in the New Testament, he wrote, he talked about how we can get unstable. We hear this, we hear that. We're just, whatever's trendy, whatever, even in the church world, whatever someone thinks is cool, that's where we go. We're blown around by the latest trendy doctrine. We're unstable in our thinking, unstable in all our ways, all because... We're not finding our security in God. So let's, let, let's go there now, all right? Security in ourselves, security in others, security in God. Finding my security in God means I live to be who God made me to be. L listen to the insightful way uh, my favorite writer puts it. C.S. Lewis says, the more we let God take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. Because he made us. He invented us. He invented all the different people that you and I were intended to be. It is when I turn to Christ, when I give up myself to his personality, that I first begin to have a real personality of my own. How many know when you're secure in who you are in Jesus Christ, then you don't live according to what other people think about you, what you think of yourself. You're freed up to make maximum impact with your entire life because you know that God has you here for a reason. Isn't that true? See, it just, it, if I'm trying to find my security in anyone other than the only one in the universe that has what it takes to give it to me, I'm going to be vulnerable to insecurity. It's just going to be vulnerable. I was trying to think of an illustration for this. this I, I thought, well, I'd be like a battery forever searching for a charger to fit the deepest part of me. Spend my whole life just, no, no, doesn't fit. Only the God who made me has what it takes to charge the part of me that was made in his image. No religious system can get there. It can't give me the depth of spirituality that I was made for. No, no relationship affirmation can, can provide me the level of, of security that I am capable of. Only God can claim this. Only God can claim, I made you, 
And even when you went away from me, I walked towards you with a baby in my arms, saying, this life for your life, because this is, much how, this is how much I value you. I want you to receive me so that you can be with me forever, being what I have designed you to be in my presence in heaven. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. So, am I qualified to receive affirmation and advice from others? Well, it depends on how secure I am in, in God. Secondly, only if I'll put people's affirmation in its place. Again, some people, they just hear an affirmation and they, oh, so-and-so says they see this in me, and so I'm going to become that. And they don't keep, they get it way out of proportion, way out of context. Listen, even sincere, godly people have limited knowledge. Okay? Let me illustrate. When we first moved to Toronto... Esther was working some night shifts as a nurse in one of our city's hospitals. She was working a night shift. In the middle of the night, my youngest boy, about 13 at the time, Matthew, came and he said, Dad, you know, right in the middle of the night, he says, my stomach hurts. It's just so painful. And so I checked his um, forehead. He seemed to be hot, so I gave him a, a, whatever it was, an aspirin or something for a fever. And then... Um, I also remember I got a, a cold washcloth. I thought that was a good idea and just rub it on his head a bit. Then I said, now lie down beside me here and go to sleep. Nothing will heal you up better than a good night's sleep. Get to sleep. And he was so restless with the pain. Stay still, be quiet, get to sleep. Well, his mom came home in the morning. I'd forgotten to tell her that uh, Matthew, I'd said he could stay home from school because he wasn't feeling well. And so she walks in the door. I'm already off to work. And he comes crawling down the stairs saying, Mom, my stomach really hurts. And of course, she's the nurse. She checked the rebound pain and rushed him into emergency. He was rushed right in to get his appendix out. All right, questions for you. Did I sincerely care? Thank you for that affirmation. <laughs> Did I do and say nice things? Did I know what I was doing? Okay, so sincere, caring people who love you can get it wrong because they have limited knowledge about what they are affirming. Okay, let's move on, please. Not only... Limited knowledge, but what about good people can have an incomplete perspective? My mom um, visits us about, we visit about once a year. She lives in Vancouver area. And the last few times I've noticed, she always brings up this story about the day at home in Halifax where we lived. She got a phone call from the high school guidance counselor about me. And it's not what you're thinking. Don't go there. I had taken an aptitude test. You know an aptitude test? You, they give you all these questions and you answer and that lets them know where your interests and your talents and your gifts are. Well, she did a great job. She's well-trained and she uh, went over the uh, aptitude test with me and then she asked as part of the debriefing interview, she said, uh, are there any vocations that you are, are of interest to you in your future? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be a pastor. And she looked at this scrawny 17-year-old long-haired motorcycle-riding hippie and maybe she thought of her priest? And she looked at the aptitude test and she said, well, why don't we talk about some other vocations? 
She said, what about being a lawyer? And I don't know why she said, she, I remember, because she said accountant. I thought, I'm not that good with, you know. But she cared so much, she called my mom at home. And I wrote down the quote. I've heard my mom say it enough times, but I, but I wrote it down anyway. She said, Mrs. Smith, there is nothing in the aptitude test that would indicate he would do well as a pastor. <laughs> Got some questions for you. Did the guidance counselor care? She cared enough to call my mom, for goodness sake. She didn't have to do that. Secondly, was she knowledgeable? Yeah. Mixed reviews. There, no, no, she was. She was well-trained. Now, be careful how you answer the next question, because I've spent the last over 40 years of my life pastoring, all right? The greatest people in Edmonton and Ottawa and Toronto, all right? So be careful. Was she right? How come the other no was so much more emphatic? But she wasn't angry, she wasn't angsty, she didn't have an agenda. But was she wrong? Was she wrong? Thank you. All right, limited knowledge, incomplete perspective, and blind spotitis. Everyone has it. Everyone has blind spotitis. The best intentioned people have blind spots. They can love you, care for you, and have the Holy Spirit upon them, and they can still have blind spots. <laughs> there were these two kids that were out with mom doing some last-minute Christmas shopping. She said, now, if you'll be really good, I'll be about half an hour. If you'll be really good, I'll buy you an ice cream when we leave the mall. Brought them over to Baskin-Robbins, got the ice cream. They were getting on an elevator to go to the parkade, and, uh, you know, there was a crowded elevator, and one of the women on the elevator had one of those Canada Goose coats with all the fur on it, you know? And, uh, and one of the boys, he's crowded in there, and he's rubbing the ice cream all over the place. And you know what his sister said? She said, Jimmy, be careful. You're getting fur on your ice cream. <laughs> That's most of us. We sort of, you know, focused on our agenda and what, you know, our world and the people that we love. Listen, what am I saying? I'm saying whether you receive advice or affirmation, don't turn it into a final direction. I'm saying when you receive an affirmation, don't turn it into a conclusion. Always ask, God, is that you? God, is this of you? People can get partial pieces for a puzzle and only God has all the pieces. God, is that you? Process affirmations before God, before you arrive at conclusions. All right, we're going to look at two scriptures where this happens and then I'm going to give you two things to work on this Christmas week, two Christmas applications of this teaching. All right, here, first the two scriptures. All right, Paul has been traveling around to many different communities telling them about Jesus for the first time. And the Jews have the Old Testament, right? And, uh, and Jesus is revealed in the Old Testament. But he says, now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness. That's in part one, right? Receive the affirmation, the gospel, the good news with great eagerness. But second, they examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. And he affirms them for that. He affirms from that. That's the most important thing. When someone, however godly they are, 
says something to you, check it out in the book that's written, inspired by the God who knows everything. When you find a scripture that says one thing, find another scripture on the same topic and get the whole counsel of the Word of God. Do you see what I'm saying? Find out if what is being said is true. Check it out in the scriptures. All right, here's another scripture verse. All right, the, the first missionaries are being sent out. While they were worshiping, they were in a service like this one. They're worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I want you to remember this. So I read this aloud and together with me. Send them out for the work to which I have called them. Can I say it this way? I have already called them. You're just affirming that which I've already said. Do you see that? So important for you and I to find our security in God. The best people can be is additives, not conclusions, not directives. We let them affirm. So I had this um, newish Christian, part of our church family here, come to me. And she said, you know, there's a, another lady in the church and she keeps coming to me. It's just the first time. I just did it a few times, but it's starting to bother me now. She says, she keeps coming to me and telling me God told her that I should give her a certain amount of money. It was up to $500 at this point. She actually said, God told me that you were to give me that necklace you're wearing. And she's just a newish Christian and she just wants to do what God, well, if God's saying this, then I better do it. So it was troubling her enough that she made an appointment to come and see me for affirmation. Here's the affirmation I gave her. I, I told her to go back and tell that lady that was not God speaking, that was greed speaking. And if she wanted to talk any further about it, don't bother talking to God because she's not listening. Come and talk to me. No, I didn't say that last part. <laughs> but I felt protective of that new Christian. You know, when someone misused, I'm blaspheming really using the name of God for their own selfish agenda. Um, what am I saying here today? I'm saying that there are those times, and it's beautiful and it's sweet, when God uses someone to affirm a direction, give us advice. I, I gave some in between services that I hope people will listen to because it's what the, God's Word teaches. And it'll be good down the road in their life as they follow that. I, I've received, remember I started this series with telling you a story of a lady who was visiting us that very weekend who God had used in Edmonton when I was a 24-year-old just coming in as lead pastor to say things to me that only the Holy Spirit could have revealed to her. She knew nothing about my childhood or my past and God, I mean, I, I, I know what it's like to have someone affirm that which God said. But let me also tell you, I have a lot of godly people that have come to me and worked up and angsty, not so many angry. But I, listen, anyway, if I listen to everything that everybody told me that Keith Smith should be doing with his life, I'd be married to three different women. I'd be pastoring in Nairobi, Kenya, Abbotsford, and Toronto without ever having left Edmonton. And I mean, no, Toronto and Esther are all I can handle. No. <laughs> Who would want more? Have I got myself out of that one yet? Thank you. Thank you for affirming. <laughs> Am I qualified to receive affirmation? No, only if I'm already finding my security in God. 
and only if I'll put people's affirmation in its place. All right, there's two people, two kinds of people that are going to have maybe a rough time this week, Christmas week. One is you're going to do Christmas without people that you wish were there. Maybe they're with Jesus now. Maybe they died. Maybe they're in another country and you're here in Canada alone. I, maybe the family broke up this past year. It's going to be tough. And there are others that it's going to be tough to do the Christmas gatherings this year, not because of who's not going to be there, but because of who is going to be there. Yeah? No, don't laugh too much. You're, you're telling on yourself. You know, you don't know what, what jabs you're going to get this year and what gossip, and you just, you just don't know. So I just want to say this to you. Whatever people say and don't say, whatever they do and don't do, whatever they give and don't give, find your security in your best qualified affirmer. How many know his name is? He left heaven for you that first Christmas. So you listened. He's the only one that's going to tell the full truth about you anyway. He says, I have chosen you and you are mine and no one will snatch you from my hand and you're with me forever. How many know no one can make you as secure as Jesus can? You just know the Christmas message is for you. He came for you. He loves you that much. Find your security in him. And then secondly, every one of us can do this Christmas. Watch for opportunities to be a gracious affirmer of God's blessing on others. Go into this Christmas, all the gatherings, even come to Christmas Eve service this week because there's going to be a lot of visitors here. You're inviting out people. Won't it be great if they come into this place and they say, wow, there's a lot of encouraging people there who welcomed me, who got outside of their own Christmas family celebrations and said, greeted me and, and, and got talking to me and made me feel welcome in this place. Wouldn't that be great? See, if we get up every day this Christmas week and say, Jesus, help me affirm someone today, help me encourage someone today, we'll not only have a great Christmas, because God will work through us, but watch this. You don't know, but that your affirmation of someone your encouragement of them, that may be the most meaningful and longest-lasting Christmas gift they get this year. How many say, sign me up? Let's pray. So, Lord, we really have two prayers. First of all, we pray for those that are facing a difficult Christmas week because of who won't be there. Or some are dreading it because of who will be there. Lord, thank you that you will be there. You will be with us. You will be with us. Lord, strengthen them. Help them to get up that day and just find their security in you. And Lord, help every one of us this Christmas be an affirmer of others. Lord, we're never going to get Christmas 2019 to, to do again. This is the only, only shot at it. So help us to to be affirmers. Some people will never see them for a long time. Help us to make the most of it, Lord. And whatever is said to us or happens to us, help us to be Jesus to people. Like Simon and Simeon and Anna, they just were living to reveal Jesus, to be gracious no matter what was happening around them. Help us to be those kind of people at Christmas 2019, I pray. And Lord, thank you that we can leave here singing, our God is with us and our God is for us. 
Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.